1: This is Laura Deirda with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by James Towilliger, Senior Vice President and Market President for the Northwest Region of Common Spirit Health. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today.
2: The pleasure to be here, Laura.
1: Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's a lot of changes happening in the healthcare space, and particularly with Common Spirit, just a lot going on um, with some of the different ways you're growing and developing, maturing as a health system. But before we dive into those questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background?
2: Sure. Thank you again. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, to be here today. Um, I've been very lucky in my career to um, have had a a pretty diverse set of responsibilities and leadership roles. I've spent most of my career in academic medicine uh, on the operational side of uh, of hospitals and, and health systems. Um, I've been a, a a chief operating officer and a hospital president a couple of times. I've Uh, run specialty organizations uh, in the the cancer space. I've run a large physician organization, but really with with a strong index towards uh, operations. I think that uh, kind of suits my personality well.
1: Oh, that's great to hear. You know, and, and when you think about operations, what about it just really um, seems to fit you so well? What do you bring to it, or what's your superpower when it comes to the operational and organizational efficiency um, that you've really been able to bring to any of your roles throughout your career and then now to common spirit?
2: Yeah, I, I would uh, I would never say I have a superpower I'd, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I think I just uh, have had a fair amount of experience. Look, i I, I think I like solving problems and um, at a certain level. Uh, being in operations or being an operational leader is a is a problem solving uh, a challenge. The thing I really like about it is, um, you know, you you have to be involved in every aspect of healthcare. So you you um, you're understanding and hopefully involved with setting strategy for an organization. You have to understand enough of the clinical side to be you know conversant and and have context for for what you're doing. You need to be very invested in in the quality and, and safety aspects of things um and and then you get the the fun part of having to put all that together and and you know implement it and so it's um it, it's you know this this as someone said to me a long time ago it's like playing you know up and down the keys um I so I really enjoy that and I really do enjoy the uh you know the satisfaction of taking on what can sometimes be challenging problems and working with people to uh to solve them the other thing that i really enjoy is you get to lead some some tremendous teams of people and you get to work around um both a very diverse whether it's it's you know clinical leaders or or finance uh teams uh and then the people at the the point of attack uh you know on the on the facility and and provider side of things. So you get to pull those people together, whether it's your team or, you know, a coalition of people that do it. It's really fun to be uh, to be in that team-oriented environment.
1: Well, that's great to hear. And, and certainly makes a lot of sense. Now, you know, from your perspective, what are your top priorities right now? What are you really focused on?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that really drive us on, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis. You know, one is to... Um, ensure that we're taking care of all the the patients and the what seems to be the growing volume of patients that come to us seeking care so that's uh, you know managing that from a couple of different perspectives you know one is to give people access to the care in a in a timely way i think i think our industry struggles with that a bit and, and we're no exception to that but you know we're looking to make improvements to that whether it's getting people who need, um, you know, acute care, you know, into the hospital for, you know, um, surgery or or a diagnostic test, making sure that we're doing that in a timely way, and then, you know, once the people are are in the hospital, making sure that we we take care of them and get them out in an equally timely way. So managing both the intake and the length of stay, and then the the post acute coordination, I think that's something that uh, that uh, we think about. And, and work on every day. And I think we've made some strides with that in the last few months here in our, our region. The second thing is um, ensuring that we've got the the right labor force uh, in place. Um, you know, I, I am an avid fan of some of the shows that are on early in the morning, and you listen to things about the tightness of the looseness of the labor market and the the increasing um, wage base that's that's going on we certainly have seen that in in our region here in the in the northwest and and you know trying to ensure that we've got an engaged workforce who has a strong sense of belonging to the organization you know but that are are um you know that we're able to run in a they're able to manage in a in an efficient way that uh you know is mindful of the fact that our reimbursements are not keeping pace with uh with things like our labor cost increases. So, you know, the, the key to that is uh, having a very um, strong sense of what you need to take care of um, your patients and, and um, support our providers in in a quality-driven and an efficient way. And then, um, you know, working to, uh, to make sure that those folks that we do hire, and, you know, we want to have a, a full-time workforce, not a, a lot of temporary people, but the people that we do hire, Feel a strong sense of engagement back with the organization. These are th- those two things. I think the, the managing the volume uh, and engaging the workforce, and then it comes down to you know how are we working with our providers to uh, to kind of put those things together. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if um, you know if our clinical teams are not um, uh, you know aware and rowing in the same direction that we do, it's a very difficult time. But I think those are the things that that drive us on a uh, on a regular basis.
1: Absolutely. I I think certainly, you know, so many healthcare organizations are finding themselves in similar situations where they're trying to make sure they're managing their patient volume and, and really taking care of patients in the right way while also experiencing, you know, a lot of different dynamics in the labor force. Some are up against shortages while others are just trying to figure out how to be efficient and create that sense of belonging that you were talking about. Is there anything that you've done that you feel like has worked particularly well, especially with a a growing and evolving um, health system like Common Spirit? um, What do you really see as having um, been effective in making people feel like they've got a great workplace and uh, somewhere they want to be committed to and stick with, even if You know, um, obviously the mission is there in healthcare, but sometimes, as you mentioned, you know, when reimbursements are tight or margins are tight, you know, there might not be um, the the largest paycheck in the world. So I just love to kind of get your sense of like what's really worked well from you. um, You know, in terms of creating that sense of culture and belonging.
2: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that uh, that that question, and uh, to just go back to something you said a minute ago, I I think you're right. We're far from unique in the in uh, the challenges and opportunities that that face us now, I think um, every health care provider, whether it's part of a large system or you know, smaller system or even a standalone provider, is going through some version of uh, of what we're going through. I you know, I, I think the thing that um, I will leave it to others to decide and and you know you can look at our results to decide whether we're doing it well or not, but certainly something that we're emphasizing a great deal is, um, uh, making sure that people understand the why, um, you know, with, uh, I've been doing healthcare leadership for a while, you know, over 30 years, and there's never not been a time that it's not been a challenge. Uh, I think, you know, certain times there are, um, uh, you know, from a, an outcomes perspective seem to be more, uh, positive than others, but there's never not been a time that, uh, uh, there hasn't been a need to have an engaged workforce, and I think when you when you are um, candid with people at all levels of the organization about why you're um, how you're managing change and and why you're doing it, I think that's what the that may not be the only thing that you need to do, but it's certainly the foundation of of what you need to do. I, I I'm not to be critical of our our industry, but sometimes, especially in the the not-for-profit sector. I think we rely a lot on the fact that we're mission-driven organizations, and while that's that's um, that's foundational to to what we do, I don't think it alone, without the absence of, you know, context and this this notion of uh, going into detail with people and being candid with people about why we're making changes or why things are evolving the way they are. I think mission alone doesn't do it. I think we have to go steps beyond that. I'm not sure we always remind ourselves of the need to do that.
1: Absolutely. That's such a great point and definitely you know, digs one step deeper into creating the kind of organization that really has a, a strong and committed um, staff in, in clinical workforce and whatnot uh, to really bring organizations to a place where they can care for patients, it seems like. Now, I know, as you mentioned, there's certainly challenges right now in the healthcare space, but how do you see that evolving over the next two to three years or so? And how do you see Common Spirit too in the region that you're working in in particular um, really changing as time goes on.
2: Yeah, uh, no, uh, thanks for that. I I don't want to ever pretend that I'm I'm speaking on behalf of of Common Spirit. You know, I have uh, I have responsibilities here in our our market in the the Northwest, so I can give you some some insights about uh, about that. Um, you know, you know, look, I think all great healthcare organizations, and I don't think ours is any exceptions. Are, are built on on you know clinical excellence and quality and the the perceptions and outcomes that that people have of that and we are certainly trying to build here on a couple of key uh, call them service line or, or you know clinical program areas that that we think are um, not only our our current strengths but create opportunities for the future so I, I I think that's I think that has been what we're doing and it'll continue to uh, to be what we're doing you know I I think that uh, the effectiveness of our organization will be in no small measure governed by the um, the quality of the organizational design that we have. We have to be um, we have to hire good people we have to empower them to make good decisions. We have to you know make corrections when when, the uh, uh, you know the outcomes aren't what we had expected, uh, and then we need to keep moving forward. Sometimes I think we, um, you know, I don't mean to be critical of our industry, but sometimes I, I feel we're a little bit um, risk averse. Our 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 um, risk aversion can be can limit us sometimes, and you know we can't be afraid to try things. And I the the world changed a lot three years ago, and I'm I'm frankly not entirely sure we've completely wrapped our arms around that but uh, you know the 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 old tropes of what you know engaged people in the workforce, grew clinical programs, you know um, you know created the you know the collaborative environments between payers and providers and patients we have to be willing to challenge all of those and we need people in our organization that are comfortable doing that. I I think we have that foundation here in our uh, in our region. Uh, of uh, of common spirit and in Virginia Mason Franciscan Health, I feel very strongly about that. But that's something that we'll need to continue to to test ourselves on as we see the um, you know the evolution of expectations of, of um, you know patients and the the people who consume our our healthcare products.
1: That's such a great point, and certainly, you know, having that um, moving target with the patient expectations and the experience and what you're really capable of uh, from a health system level um, to meet those expectations, I can imagine there's a lot of uh, work and transformation that has to be done, but, you know, I can imagine that's exciting in some ways as well.
2: It It, it is, you know, we, we've we done healthcare organizations, particularly, you know, ones that are, are um Health systems that evolve around acute care and ambulatory organizations—they're they're complex, and they have um, not to be tried about it—but they have a lot of moving parts to them. And you know, I think when when very well-intentioned people say, "Gee, we can we can make this better," and then you know, um, try to come in with a uh, you know, somewhat of a silver bullet solution to how to do it, and usually those don't work. I think that's. Um, I think that's reflective of just how complex these organizations are. I, I think something that's gonna, that is driving us and it's gonna get, it's gonna become even more prominent in how we organize ourselves and how we execute on things is just meeting people at the, you know, meeting our 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 patients and our, our consumers at, you know, at where they need to be. I'll, I'll give you a, an example locally of that. We We recently started a partnership. Um, with um, the one medical uh, provider organization. I think you know most people know that that's a it's now owned by Amazon, but it was started as a uh, as you know a um, highly organized uh, primary care kind of plus model organization. but it's it's very um, it's very consumer driven in how people access its services. We've now created a partnership where where they're um, their partner in providing, you know, some diagnostic and, and acute care services. And you know almost all of that is being done, you know not in the the traditional way of picking up the phone and calling and and making an appointment and um, and you know getting into a queue to to do those things. it's a it's a much more technology driven approach to things. I think we're going to learn a tremendous amount from from doing this, but I think that's an example of um, how an organization like ours is saying, okay, the the way that we've uh, done things, the way we've engaged patients is going to need to continue to evolve. And, you know, if we don't take opportunities to take, um, I don't know if it's taking a chance or to try initiatives like that, you know, we'll, we're never going to learn. But I think that, that um, um, more um, consumer, you know, kind of high touch area of focus, that's going to be really important for us to to continue to be a, a relevant provider and a and a quality provider to our patients going forward.
1: Absolutely. I, I love that philosophy and mantra and, and certainly it is amazing to hear. Well, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could talk about one change that you or your team has made recently that yielded some great results.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I think this is, it's part of an evolution, uh, not so much a, you know, a kind of a left turn kind of change, but um, a number of years ago, we invested in some technology that uh, created a very sophisticated tool or set of information technology tools that allows us to see um, volume and uh, uh, and capacity management across our system. Something that we've done with that technology—it's a—it's a GE product that's called Mission Control. Um, but something that we've done to leverage that technology recently. Is really put a high emphasis on um, patients coming from being transferred into our system for higher levels of care from uh, non-system um, uh, related hospitals, not only in Washington but in in all the states around the, the the Pacific Northwest region, including Alaska. That that has meant a couple of things. One, it's tested our. Uh, um, our uh, use of that technology, but more importantly, it's um, had us think about, okay, our, our patients are not going to come just from referrals from our employed physicians or people that present in our emergency departments, but are going to come from from a regional-based referral network. And that's, that's uh, for a couple of our hospitals, that was an incremental change. For some of our hospitals, it was a big change. And um, it took a lot of leadership, and it took a lot of understanding the why, like we talked about before, um, to really uh, to see that. And we've seen basically a doubling of that volume in the last uh, you know eight nine months. So I'd say that's a, that's a great use of something that we made a big investment in, and it's a great demonstration of the evolution of our uh, uh, of our leadership and our institutional approach to caring for patients.
1: Well, that's amazing. And definitely an inspirational story of just how, you know, making the right investment and really being intentional about those improvements for your team, as well as the patient care that you're making uh, can really pay off.
2: That word that you just used, intentional, is one that we use a lot. Um, The world moves so fast and our industry changes so fast. We can't, there's times to let things percolate, but there's also times to be um, thoughtful and intentional about what you're doing. And I think the the mission control example is a good, uh, a good indication of the intentionality that we provide sometimes.
1: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much, James, for joining us on the podcast. This has been a really fun conversation and I look forward to connecting with you again
0: soon.
2: Yeah, thank you. It's been a real pleasure and uh, I appreciate the opportunity.